Hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to the newest edition of our EKN Debrief, episode number 103. It is October the 12th, 2022, into Q4 on the year, and really wrapping up some of the big events, which you would normally get in, in any end of a uh, schedule. All the big events coming in, Super Nationals, Grand Nationals, and in this case, the Race Rotax U.S. Trophy Final. Uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park in Newcastle, Indiana last weekend. Those of you maybe have followed along with the rebirth and recovery of the Rotax program, a Trophy Series East, a Trophy Series West, drivers coming together in what was a fantastic event that uh, really I think will set the baseline for Rotax racing moving forward in the U.S. This week's show, let's get things underway, presented by Skip Barber Racing School. Are you looking for the next step in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Arbor alumni are champions in every motorsport series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Arbor Formula Four car featuring a 160 horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Arbor Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your racing career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skill will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. All right, folks, again, uh, off the top, my name is Rob Howden, uh, joined by David Cole, as always here. Uh, David, you and I had a chance to be trackside at Newcastle Motorsports Park for the Race Rotax U.S. Trophy Final, the inaugural event of uh, this particular setup, the, the Trophy Final. Uh, tickets up for grabs for the Rotax Grand Finals. There was open tickets. There were tickets for the points for the East versus West program in terms of the Trophy East and Trophy West. All in all, just a tremendous weekend, October 7th, 8th, and 9th at Newcastle. Yeah, essentially had that Grand Nationals feel, yet it wasn't called the Grand Nationals. Obviously, they're trying to to move the Rotax program in a, in a new direction. And, and so not really familiarize with the, the past and, and go towards the future. So that's exactly what we had at Newcastle with the inaugural event, the race Rotax us trophy final Newcastle motorsports park, obviously the hub over the last two decades of karting. And so what better place to do it than there. And luckily, you know, we got, we had great weather, you know, sunny and dry. It was a little bit cooler in the mornings, but, you know, temperatures got into 60s. But, yeah. you know, with the sun shining all day long, it felt uh, it felt warmer uh, than what it was. But uh, so it was good. You know, it was great. You know, we had not only, uh, you know, drivers from the United States, but drivers from Canada, Peru and Argentina. So it really made for an international style event. And in the end, and we'll talk about this once we get into the show as well. The racing was absolutely fantastic uh, throughout the entire four days of the event. Uh, uh, unofficial practice on Thursday, a full day of official practice on Friday. Saturday, a packed day with uh, warm-up, qualifying two heat races, and a pre-final setting up for warm-up and a main event. Uh, it was the lone thing we had on Sunday. We were done by, I think, noon, just a little after noon on Sunday. Uh, award presentations at around two o'clock. Everybody was able to roll out of there. So a really in unique approach to it that kind of took a lot of pressure off on Sunday. But David, you said it straight up. It was just you know absolutely beautiful weekend. It was cool, cool in the morning, warm during the during the day. But hey, listen, back to back weekends. We did the CKNA Grand National Six weekend before. When you're talking about the first two weekends in Indiana in October, you've been there before. I've been there before when it's rained during Cup Carts North America. That's two great weekends. In fact, I was down there for 12 straight days, and it was just fantastic for the entire two weeks. I think I got to escape rain at Newcastle for the first time ever. <laughs> you know, in 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 July with the Summer Nationals, in August with the USPKS, and then or September, sorry, and then uh, and then these past two weekends at Newcastle it got to escape rain. Yeah, we got frost, but that was about the only precipitation that uh, that was seen uh, over the last two weekends for sure. But yeah, certainly unique to not have rain in Newcastle, Indiana. Let's have a quick look at the numbers here right now. Again, the inaugural event for this program, the Eastern and the West program, stepping things up. Uh, there were Canadians that came down. All total, 76 entries uh, on the weekend. Uh, so, so not a massive event. But then you look at the fact that it was only five classes. Micromax, Minimax, Junior, Masters, and Senior Max as well. So they averaged... 15 at a little over 15 entries only one class david the micromax category less than double digits and then of course 26 drivers in senior max 
that racing was fantastic. And I think at 26 is a big field for any category. And all told, with 76 drivers there, uh, the racing was tremendous. And again, we just we just saw good competition from start to finish. As you said, five classes. That's what made the uh, the event go so so much smoother and early end on that Sunday. But yeah, you look at the numbers, nearly double digits for all the categories. Micro Max only at eight, but again, it was a good solid eight drivers that were in that category. And then watching the Senior Max category with 26 was certainly phenomenal. A lot, a lot of racing uh, from we'll get into it more from second on back, but yeah. uh, certainly, you know, elbow, even in the first heat, I think that was one that kind of opened up our eyes. Like, Oh yeah, these guys are at it. You know, uh, elbows were out. Everybody was going for it. And uh, yeah. So it was, again, having it, it's so unique because, you know, Supercarts USA, they have 10 and, and USPKS, they have seven. So to go down to an event and even uh, cup carts with eight, you know, makes for long yeah. days. And, and this, you know, it really flew by quick. You know, we, we got qualifying Saturday morning. And then by noon, like you said, by noon Sunday, we had, were done with two rounds of heats, pre-final and a final. It was, it was such a unique and, and interesting feel to it, but there was a lot of excitement throughout the weekend for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. David had mentioned an international field for sure. Obviously dominated by the U.S. drivers, but we did have racers coming in from Canada. A good group from Canada came down. In fact, they did well, able to grab some grand finals tickets from Peru and Argentina as well. So again, uh, just a great race for sure. When we get back after what will be our first break in the action in this edition of the Debrief Podcast, we will dive into the Paddock Pass, talk a little bit about the event itself, some of the plans for the future, that kind of thing. So uh, stay with us, folks. We got more to come. This edition of the debrief. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Cart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to episode number 103 of our EKN Debrief, our race report podcast, all part of our EKN trackside live coverage. Of course, diving into the U.S. Uh, Rotax Trophy Final, the event that essentially brought together the East, the Trophy East Series, the Trophy West Series, brought all those drivers together, had some open tickets to welcome racers from around the country. As I mentioned before the break, an international field with a number of Canadians coming down as well. Uh, let's jump into the to what we always do, the paddock pass, before we dive into the actual race report section and go class by class. We'll talk about some of the stuff that happened maybe outside of the racing itself. This edition of the paddock pass is presented by Parallel USA. 
It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Perlin USA is North America's source for Perlin products, and we run a factory team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Perlin chassis lineup for 2022 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the cadet classes, and the Daytona 4-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Perlin. For more information, head to www.perlinusa.com. All right, David, obviously, Paddock Pass. We'll dive into kind of some of the stuff that didn't happen in terms of wheel-to-wheel racing on the track. The biggest thing, I think, is it was so much discussion, so much chatter throughout the entire weekend. This is the inaugural event. So people were, you know, offering input, uh, you know, talking about the fact how much they were loving it. They were, you know, the, the plans for the future was, I think, were discussed throughout the entire weekend that we were there. Yeah, because of it's being the inaugural event, it's like, okay, we're here. This is the first one. What's kind of the vibe? You know, as I said, mentioned in the in the first segment, there was a lot of positivity, a lot of excitement about the event, you know, again, and a lot of these competitors had never been to Newcastle before. So it, it, it was kind of a, you know, like, as I said, a great vibe throughout the paddock and certainly through the promoters and race road tax and J three competition with Justin Stefani and the Giacomelli brothers, you know, they're really pumped up about it. Um, and they see, they see a lot of potential because again, they're going, they're getting racers who again, aren't necessarily at the national level. Yeah. The majority of those racers are road tax racers. They race at their club. They race at the the trophy series events on, on their respective um, coast, if you want to say, or, you know, side or, you know, West side, East side, you know, if we want to go into, you know, a little competition <laughs> there, but um, you know, that's what they do. You know, there are a lot of those competitors. They, that's all they race, you know, very similar to what we see with Briggs. And that's kind of the, the correlation that I, I kind of come, relate this to is Briggs people are, you know, diehard Briggs people. Now we're getting a little bit more of Rotax racers who are diehard Rotax racers because this is what they do and this is what they enjoy. And they enjoy the element that is the Rotax racing and, and the, the, the engine platform itself and, and the camaraderie camaraderie around the, uh, the Rotax racers. So, there's certainly a, a room for growth because again, we didn't see a lot of national level racers there. There obviously were a handful and then we had international drivers there as well, but the core racers that were there were, were tax racers. Yeah. And, and I think the cool thing was you compared it to, to, to the Briggs racers, right? The Briggs 206, obviously a tremendous package. What it has done for the grassroots foundation of our sport, uh, you know, cannot be overstated because the, the Briggs program obviously is amazing. Uh, but you have people that, that are loyal to the Briggs because of what it's done in the engine package that it is. But then you go to maybe the two cycle version of that Briggs. The, the, the Rotax is such a tremendous package. They've dialed it in over the last decade to the point where you know, it's bulletproof. Uh, it was interesting, you know, David, people that are Rotax racers love it. They love the package. Um, and, I, and I saw it was interesting. I think it was Lauren Tumardan who posted to Facebook about his trip there and you know how he battled it for potentially getting a ticket. He really had a good, you know, a great time on the weekend. But one of the notes was the fact that he just said the Rotax is just such a fantastic package. And here's a guy that runs IME. He runs Rock VLR. You know, he runs all the different programs. And to get a, a veteran like Lauren too from from Technocart USA to kind of give that little bit of a thumbs up to the engine package, I think that speaks volumes to what a lot of people are thinking in the paddock when they're running Rotax. And again, you know, we've talked about this, talked about it over the weekend is the longevity of kart racers is anywhere between two to three years. So, you know, at the national level, we have a lot more racers who are staying in it a lot longer. But there's a lot of people who don't know the Rotax brand or the Rotax, you know, history and and their long involvement in the sport of karting and 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 the actual product that they were able to produce. You know, we talk about the Rotax Grand Finals as it being the event in the world. And again, unless you've been there or unless you've seen it, you don't quite understand it. So again, people, you know, like you said, it's the road, the Rotax package is solid. You know, the, it had some hiccups over the last couple of years, but really the last five years, it's, it's kind of got a baseline now to where it's set. They haven't made a lot of changes, you know, really their development now is into the electric side of things. Yeah. So they have a package that's going to last you a long time. You don't have to rebuild it every weekend. And, and, and again, it performs well. You know, we saw lap times that were very similar 
to Miami and very similar to rock on the same layout that we were at. So in colder temperatures. So, you know, it overall, you know, the package is able to produce and it produces great racing, good close racing as well. The event, obviously, as we know, uh, a major one. You mentioned the guys from J3 Competition, Justin Stefani and the Jackie Melly brothers were there. Uh, you know, they they have their comp cart program, which is separated. You know, they have Tim Shuck kind of running that for them from Timmy Tech. They were running that program. Justin, John, and Jim were handling the Rotax program throughout the weekend. But they're very, they're really high on this program and developing. This is kind of that 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 race that will be the one in the U.S. Rotax racers all around the country can come to this one big event, a Grand Nationals, if you will, the U.S. Trophy Final. Uh, and and they they jumped in, David. They called us and said, hey, listen, we want you guys to be there. We'd like to have EKN to cover it. So, of course, I'm coming in to be on the microphone. Um, they bring in uh, Henry Baudet as well, who's the global voice of Rotax racing uh, around the world. He'll be the one that, you know, when people watch the grand finals, he's on all that broadcasting, the many hours of coverage uh, from Puerto Mayo this year. He's the guy that's there. So they brought him in. So here's here's Henry and I working together for the first time, which was an absolute treat. But Stephen Chapman from BRP Rotax was there as well with one of their engineers. So they, they approached this event like a major league event and brought all the big players in, Dave. Well, yeah, you have to do that in order to establish the foundation. You know, there, as we as we said, you know, race Rotax is all in on this. This is going to be their their big one race of the year, as as we've seen it done in the past. But this is a new look and a new feel, and they want to make sure that uh, it's done right. And so, you know, Chapman was there to kind of you know see how things went, and you know he had he left with very good positive uh, feedback and and and. Uh, and, and learn, you know, not necessarily learn, but got, got to enjoy and feel the event itself. So, so he's able to take that back to BRP Rotax and, and commit, you know, communicate with them that, you know, race Rotax is all in and so are the racers. And, and really this is this, you know, aside from just being us racers, as we said, it can be another big international event, especially if it, depending on the timeline of when this event is, because, it could be one of the final chances to get Rotax grand final tickets. So that's always yeah, the opportunity sure. there. You know, we saw that with the Rotax Pan Am championships uh, in, in Rotax years past where international drivers would come over here and try and get one of those last tickets that were up for grabs. So I like the feel of it, you know, and again, it's still, but it's still warning those competitors who are loyal to the Rotax brand here in the United States, especially handing out points uh, tickets through the point system, but also, you know, product, they gave out uh, a number of engines as well too, yeah. to, to yeah. mini racers, micro racers and junior racers as well too. So again, it, a lot of room to grow, you know, Justin's Justin was taking everything in, taking down notes, figuring out what what's working, what wasn't working. And, and there's a lot of growth in this event for sure. So anytime you have an event at Newcastle, because there are so many uh, different configurations of the racetrack, the discussion on which track you run. Uh, so we ran Reverse National, uh, and that's a, a track that runs, we run you know, on a regular basis. Scoos has run it before. I believe USPKS potentially has run it before. It's a clockwise around essentially the national circuit. But Dave, the, different cha- the difference we here was instead of having the finish line right on that short straightaway right in front of the racer's grill, they actually brought it around the corner and used the finish line on the long, long pond straight. So um, in the end, it really didn't set up any kind of a, a, a draft. It didn't set up any kind of uh, last corner move. So it wasn't like when you're going reverse national, I mean, uh, when you're going national on the counterclockwise where you can make that big dive bomb move into the I-70 hairpin, or you get the, you know, the draft running down all the way down the straightaway. The way it played out, David, to be honest, uh, the cell tower corner was almost the last place to pass on the racetrack because we didn't see a lot of guys making the over-under coming through 14, 15, 16. So what's your thoughts overall, good or bad? What do you think about reverse national with the finish line where it was? Yeah, that was my first time seeing it in person where the start, or really the finish line, because again, they start them down towards I-70. So um, it's really the finish line positioning. And for me, you know, I... I hold the, the, I like history in the sport and I like, you know, keeping that, that historical position of the start finish line right there in front of the racer's grill, right on the start finish line where people are able to watch. It's a little bit difficult to see, you know, the finish where the finish is, especially in the reverse direction. When we go in the national, uh, you know, counterclockwise direction, 
uh, we get the finishes coming at us. So we do see that. But as you said, it's more of a, you know, wait, 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 get through I-70 and then make that draft pass. And I think yep. that's more crucial, I think, in Rotax racing as we see the draft is, again, you know, it does hit the rev limiters in, in certain spots from what I recall. I mean, it's been a while since I've raced it or was at the end of the straightaway to, to recall. But, I, you know, you could see there was the draft was very important in in this race as it is in IAMI and all the other programs as well, too. So I wish it would have been. Yeah, I, I personally I like it in the original location, at least for the finish spot. Again, you could start them back down towards I-70. That's not a problem. Uh, but for me, I, I like the, the finish to be right there where everybody can see it. So, 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 that's, so but for you, David, so it's visual because it race, racing wise, uh, it, that doesn't really, I don't think anything, it, right? yeah, it I don't think it made anything. a difference. Straight I don't visual. think it made a difference. It didn't this weekend because we had a lot of the, as you said, a lot of the, the pass for the lead or the victory done maybe at the cell tower or even through the double, double left handers, uh, leading into what is blue corner. Yeah. So I think that's about the last point you can do it. We did see some passes though through the last couple of corners through some of the heat races and, not and many, you know, though. but not, not many, many right? Not many. So I'm not sure if that's the Rotax package. That's or, exactly what I was going to say. Good. Go. go or, or if it's just the way the racing kind of unfolded, because yeah. again, you know, when you, when you, yeah, we had double digits, but we didn't have the 40 drivers, uh, you know, so that's, you know, maybe, and again, we had, you know, senior max at 26, we had a driver drive away. So there wasn't a race for the victory, you know, further back, there might've been some position changes there that we just might not have noticed, uh, in the end. But I think visually for me, I like it at the original location in that direction. Uh, but I think next year, maybe they go the, the actual proper direction just to kind of, you know, feel it out. See I like if, to check uh, it up for sure. Yeah, see if the draft, you know, see if we get those big photo finishes uh, that we've seen before. I guarantee we will. I think <laughs> if, if you have drivers racing for position, you're going to see a lot of photo finishes going in that direction. So, Or you go to the original layout in the original direction. You know, that makes it even more fun because you have that last 90-degree corner as a, uh, as a last pass attempt. Uh, move so and then guys finishing in the grass again i'm still i'm nostalgic <laughs> in that i loved it i loved it back in the day right. you know when you get sage Karam and those guys all those kids you know flying off into the grass for the uh uh for the last lap that's it coming down that straightaway throwing it into the final 90 degree corner mm -hmm. to try to come out the other side so you can stay on the racetrack the other side that's another listen that's the beauty about newcastle there's so many different ways to approach the layout and you when you do that you just change the complexion or the actual strategy of how it's going to play out. So that's, I, I love that myself as well. All right. Let's yep, go. go ahead. Oh, let's, just, let's just go to a break. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to a break. We come back. It's, time, it's time to start talking about race reports. Let's jump there into these categories. When we get back after this break, folks, we'll dive into the race report. We'll go senior max and max uh, masters max. When we get back in karting, it's important to be supported by the right people with over 40 years of experience in the sport. Trinity karting group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of Karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs, the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitykartinggroup.com. 
Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's growing resume. Nitro Kart continues to make its statement as the best, fastest, and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. In 2021, Nitro Kart won the three biggest crowns in America in the Microsoft division, with Matteo, Rosu, and the Scusa Pro Tour, and both the Super Nationals and the USPKS titles with Keelan Harvick. At the Super Nats alone, three of the top five drivers on the podium got there on a Nitro Kart. The results are clear. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. At Nitro Kart, we're all about driver development. Nick Tucker and the Nitro Crew's racing resumes are extensive, and their passion for helping our kids learn is unparalleled. Racing is about consistent learning, and that's what we're all about here at Nitro Kart. Never wanting to quit, we've continued to extend the reach of our driver development program. In addition to expanding into the junior and senior karting categories, we've also launched Nitro Motorsports, which will field two cars this season in the Trans Am by Pirelli series, one being piloted by karting champion Brent Cruz. Not only can we develop your young driver, but we can also provide the platform if a move to cars is in your plan. And our second seat is available. If you're serious about your driver's career, contact us today. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 103 of the EKN Debrief. With myself, Rob Howden, and David Cole, taking a deep dive into the Race Rotax U.S. Trophy Final, the big event that capped off Rotax Racing in the U.S. here for 2022, and, and put a number of drivers on their national teams, whether it was Team Canada, Team USA, a number of different drivers getting on their, their teams, getting that those last couple of tickets that are available globally. Let's jump into the race report. We're going to talk about Senior Max and Masters Max. Today's race report presented by Comet Kart Sales. History, success, family. These are the three words that describe Comet Kart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, DC, let's jump into it. Senior Max was the big show, 26 drivers in total. We knew some of the big guns that were going to be coming in. I think we knew that Oliver Hodgson was the guy. Uh, that we were watching, really a career carter who's focused on being a professional kart racer, running, running for comp kart. He was going to be the guy to watch for, for sure. And in, in the end, ended up being the big player. But coming out of the gate, it was a different comp kart driver, Yash Rample, laying out the qualify, top qualifying lap to put himself on the pole for both heat races. Yeah, we didn't see Hodgson in the top three. As you mm -hmm. said, Rample was able to lay down a good flyer in qualifying, followed by the Canadians, Jason Lewing and Adam Ali. Uh, finishing second and third in the session. So it was actually uh, Hodgson back in the fifth spot with Aiden Fox slotting in the fourth position in the time session. So really close as the top four were only separated by 68 thousands of a second. So I'll preface this before we get rolling. There was four tickets up for grabs for the drivers in the senior max category. There were two uh, tickets, two open tickets, right? Yeah, no, three yeah, one one, Three. Op hold on. one open ticket for senior, <laughs> one series ticket for senior max, two open tickets for DD2 at the Rotex Grand Correct. Finals. So that's the, that's that's the layout there. Uh, one of the cool stories as we come in, and we'll talk about it really briefly, Adam Ali obviously already qualifying for Team Canada for what he was able to do at the Canadian Championship. So he was actually racing a Sodi cart on the weekend, which is a chassis that he will use at Porto Mayo, the spec chassis for the senior max category. So a little interesting deal for Adam be able to get some Sodi cart seat time. But, you know, we, we knew Hodgson was going to be fast. But I'll tell you, one of the drivers who really impressed me through the heat races and I thought may be in a position to fight for the win overall was Griffin Dowler, David. He was able to score the opening heat race victory. Yeah, it was a bit of a while. As we said, the opening heat race in senior max was a bit of an elbows out. Let's go. It's it's showtime. It's on. And so yeah. <laughs> we, we saw a lot of contact through that uh, that opening heat and a lot of racing back and forth. I think even at one point, Hodgson was up to the lead and got shuffled back down even further. So, uh, yeah, Dollar was able to kind of muscle his way up into the lead and score the win in Heat 1, followed by Ali and, and Luang. Uh, Leong. Uh, Leong, sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Right. 
but second heat, it was Hodgson that was able to muscle his way forward, uh, getting up into the lead and driving away to a four point second victory or four point three second victory over Daniel Ali with uh, Aiden Fox in the third spot that set up Hodgson on the pole position or at least close to the pole position for the pre-final with uh, him able to, to drive away to a four second advantage with both Ali brothers, Daniel and Adam in second and third. So that solidified him in the pole position for the main event. And that was all he needed, you know, a little bit of, of dicing for the second spot early gave him a little bit of a gap and he just continued to run consistent lap times over and over and over uh, driving away to a near 10 second advantage in the main event for the victory. So the, the way things all played out and then obviously in the main us watching it, where the tickets were going to go, we had figured Hodgson would have the open ticket as the race winner. Cause the outright race winner at all the events was going to win the open ticket. Then we, then it, it kind of set things back up for where it would be for the series ticket, the trophy series ticket, which went for the East and the West combined points and lots of points up for grabs on the weekend. The top driver from the combined series points would also get a, a ticket as well. So Hodgson said you had the ticket. We find out that he's does not going to take the ticket when he when he ends up winning. So the way things all shook down, uh, it was uh, it was Fox, uh, Aiden Fox, and Daniel Ali who were able to pull away together and work together, which was which was solid because obviously Adam already, Adam Ali already had his ticket. Daniel Ali, who was racing. Uh, with um, with Racing Edge Motorsports, really wanting to get that ticket to make it a you know an Ali family trip to Puerto Mayo. They were kind of together, but there was a trailing group, David, that kind of rolled up to them at the very end. It it wasn't over till it was over, that's for sure. Because even though they were running one two or two three rather, man, that that chase group closed up in a big way. Yeah, they were led by Jason Lewing. Uh, coming through along with uh, Yash Rempel and a dollar was there as well yeah. too. And a couple others and uh, uh, Santiago Biagi uh, also in the mix as well. So a number of different drivers were, they were able to close up to, uh, to Aiden Fox and, and Ali. Uh, but, you know, in the end, as you said, they, they had to still fight their way uh, for position and it ended up being Fox taking the second position with Daniel Ali finishing in the third spot to round out the podium. And so, as you said, it made for interesting the the way the tickets were awarded, because as you said, the on-track stuff over, you know, um, was ranked higher than the points program. So Aiden Fox coming in was racing for not only the open tickets, but possibly the points, depending yeah. on where things shook out. So if he finished off the podium, you know, he he would have went back to points to where he was coming in as the championship leader and ended up actually finishing as the top points getter in their U.S. Trophy uh, Series program. So it, it made for an interesting again, you, you know, J Justin Stefani asked me, do you should I tell them that Hodgson's not going to accept the ticket as you guys are announcing the main? I'm like, no, that's going to just throw everything off. <laughs> let's just let's just get through. Let's let's get through the, the race. We'll call it as is. And then we'll talk about the tickets after that. So so Fox races his way into the second spot. So he earns that uh, that uh, that since Hodgson passed, he actually earns that open ticket to the senior max category. And that moved uh, Ali or Ali was still already set for DD2, but that also moved fourth place finisher Jason Luang into the open spot for DD2. So essentially the top four drivers or second, third and fourth are getting the open tickets uh, for the for the uh, the way they finish on track. Exactly. So Aiden Fox, he was in a place where he was running second. He could have dropped to probably sixth or seventh and still got a uh, got a ticket, but it would have Correct. been the series points ticket. The minute he Correct. goes in, the minute he goes onto the podium, earns one of the open tickets, which went for the drivers who finished on the podium top. The top that goes. So we had to go further down the order to Ethan Ho, who was able to get himself up. So Ethan Ho, the Californian, able to grab the overall the, the ticket for the top finisher in the points who who didn't win an open ticket. So Ethan Ho ends up with uh, a ticket to go to Puerto Mayo in the senior max class. He does. And again, you know, Fox almost went DD2 because, you know, yeah. just the way things were going. If Hodgson would have taken that spot or taken that ticket. So it, it, it made for an interesting way of how all the tickets were awarded. But either way, we now have four drivers, two U.S. drivers, two Canada drivers that are going to represent uh, their countries in both 
senior and DD2. Exactly that. Uh, a little easier in terms of points when we came to the Masters Max category, although the racing with 12 drivers was tremendous because you, you, you look at some of the names we had at the, at the pointy end of the grid. These are drivers we talk about in top national events uh, all year long. Uh, Derek Wang, who's been to the Rotex Grand Finals 10 times, ends up qualifying on the pole. Danilo Romaljo right behind him. Lauren Dumardin, who I'd already mentioned, that was the top three. But David, you throw John Bonanno in there as well. He was able to win the opening heat race in a good run there. He was in the fight. Billy Cleveland was there as well. At one point, the top five, really just a stacked top five with Cleveland right in there with all of them. Yeah, it was a, it was a good mix all weekend long. I yeah. think Cleveland was just a little bit off. He had a, a mistake here and a mistake there to where he wasn't able to be in the mix. But the, the top four drivers were essentially the drivers to beat on the weekend. And, you know, throughout the heat races, especially the opening one, a little bit of contact kind of shuffled things up that allowed Bonanno to to slide through and score that race win. The second heat was a little bit calmer. With uh, with Wang up front ahead of Romalo and Bonanno with with Mardan right there in fourth, uh, but then the pre-final a lot more a little bit of more contact this time between Romalo and Mardan that allowed uh, Derek Wang to to take the the pre-final win ahead of Mundy Lawyer and then Harold Watson climbing up into the third spot so it shuffled things up because the way the pre-final finished is the way you started the main event so that made things a little bit interesting. Uh, in terms of the way the race started, because we saw Derek Wang and Laurentiu Mardan, who I believe started in the fourth spot. No, no, they, dude, they were they were on row four. Mardan, Mardan I, I'm pretty sure that Mardan and uh, and what do you call it, were back on row four and worked their way forward. Okay, let me have, look at have that. a quick look at that. I'm pretty sure that they were oh, they started class. seventh and eighth, I think, because of what happened in the pre-final. And Mardan yes, was you're correct. You're yeah, correct. And Mar- and Mardan. And Mar- Mardan was second by the end of the opening lap. That's that's what, okay. So somehow, yeah, he got up into the second spot right away yeah. and, and and latched onto Derek Wang's bumper, and they were able to kind of get away from the rest of the field. I think as Bonanno and Romalo were trying to uh, to get rid of the other drivers that were mixed up in there. Yeah, Bonanno started fourth, Romalo eighth. So they had to get by Lawyer Watson, Michael Burton, Vincent Carey in order to be able to clear that. And then they started working together, running quick laps of the race. Uh, to be able to close up into up to the uh, the top two drivers of Derek Wang and Mardan, they actually didn't run nose to tail as well because towards the end of the race, Mardan put himself up into lead, and then I think with two laps to go is kind of when things uh, went went a little bit crazy because that's about the same time that Romalo and Bonanno were right there and caught up to the top two. Yeah, that that it was crazy. They actually literally caught right back up to the top two. It looked to me at one point like Mardan was going to be able to pull away. He had probably two cart lengths on Derek Wang. So we were thinking Wang was going to win the points uh, ticket and that Mardan was really in, in the hot seat to potentially win the open ticket. But man, things got pretty crazy near the end because Danilo Romalho, that cart had come in and he was an absolute badass. Uh, went essentially from third, David, to uh, to P1 with a big move down the inside. I think it was over in, in scoreboard, right? Turn number whatever that was, four, I guess. Turn two. Was it turn two? Turn two, yeah. It was the- something... I don't know if like Mardan oh, tried a blocking yes. move or something, but it looked like Mardan and Wang both like slowed up really hard yep. going into turn That's two. And Romala was like, okay, and Got made this. his move and came through the corner, passing right. both of them. That's right. That's so right. And it, hey, when he got when he got out in front, Mardan was able to catch back up, was right on the bumper. Mardan couldn't get it correct. done through four all the way over to scoreboard. I mean, through uh, to cell tower, which I said was kind of the final place to pass. But he got correct. a great run out of cell tower. And there's, you know, obviously there's a little bit of that kink there, right? The little, I think it was 10, it was 10, 11, 11, A and 11 B, or they called it 11 and 12. He threw it in there, thought about throwing it in at the little kink, the little right left, but I think checked up, realized that the contact was coming. Mardan, of course, what a tr- just a tremendous classy r- racer, checked, checked up a little bit. And at that point that really just gave the win to Romajo. Yeah, that's exactly it. it. Allowed him enough space to uh, to drive away to the checkered flag, crossing the line about nine tenths ahead of Mardan. Derek Wang ended up holding off Bonanno for the third position, with Billy Cleveland racing his way up into the fifth spot. So he climbed up five spots after starting tenth after trouble in the prefinal for him. And of course, the open ticket going to the race race winner. So Racing Edge Motorsports, Danilo Romalho, uh, earning a ticket there to go to the grand finals. Derek Wang finishing third overall uh, and top driver in the points in the trophy series East versus West. So he earns the ticket. Mardan almost second. Coming up a bit short, but David, a great, a great prize, a full entry to the 2023 
uh, trophy final event. So we'll see Mardan back trying to be part of Team USA or Team Romania, whichever way he decides to go uh, when uh, when we go back to the, to the event next year. Yeah, and the points were tight. You know, John Bonanno, he came in, had the opportunity to possibly overtake Wang, but he had to beat him on track every session. And the only one he was able to do that was the opening heat with uh, with Wang winning both heat, the, the, the second heat and the pre-final, and then uh, finishing that one spot ahead in the main event. So only 63 points separated the two drivers after, again, four rounds at their respective trophy series events. And then here at the, the trophy final. All right, time for another quick break. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Junior Max, Mini Max, and Micro Max. Stay with us, folks. We will continue with the debrief, number 103, as we wrap up and do our deep dive into the U.S. trophy final. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand. The company that Tim Coyan owned and operated since 2003, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business, Stockholm Karting Center, in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center, Inc. has added the Kartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone, and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone, or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Welcome back to episode 103 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howard alongside David Cole as we uh, do our race report on the Race Rotax U.S. Trophy Final from Newcastle Motorsports Park on the second weekend of October. Uh, the race report brought to you by Comet Kart Sales. 16 drivers in total in Junior Max. And David, just as was the case in Senior Max where Comp Kart driver Oliver Hodgson was the driver to beat. It was another driver uh, on the flow. Uh, Cooper or Eau Claire was the driver to beat all weekend long in junior max. Yeah. Cooper Eau Claire, the Arizona driver set the benchmark for this category all weekend long set fast time and qualifying, and then went out to win both heat races. The first by five seconds and the second by four, the pre-final was another six second advantage. And then in the main event, nearly a 10 second margin of victory as he led 
wire to wire for the victory and the open ticket to claim the uh, Rotex Grand Final, his second trip to the Rotex Grand Finals, uh, winning in the main event by, again, nearly 10 seconds. But behind him, certainly a great battle uh, for position and to be on the podium. It was uh, Eggleston that was uh, that was seemed to be the, the driver that maybe possibly could have challenged Eau but wasn't able to start up front or uh, did start second, but got shuffled back early uh, at the start of the main event. So he had to work his way up, was working his way back up into the third spot. And then on lap 13, a little bit of contact between and between him and uh, Archer Evers, Eversman uh, in turn two, that kind of shuffled up the order and that allowed uh, Giovanni Santora uh, to slip through and, and grab the second spot as he was able to drive away uh, to that runner up position. And then behind him was a fight for third with Ben Hernandez holding off Alexander Jacoby with uh, Aiden Lorenko. Like uh, yeah. Aiden Lorenko uh, finishing up in fifth. It was uh, it was an interesting up and down weekend for Eggleston, where it kind of a contrast to Cooper O'Claire, who really was super consistent throughout the weekend, as you said, qualified on pole, was able to leverage the opening couple of corners in every one of the races and stretch away. Uh, as we know, Eggleston was fast, but he had a he DNF the opening heat race. And I can't remember what happened, whether he just didn't start it or went off. And, uh, off it was a no start. Yeah, it was okay, a no there start. There you go. So he didn't even start. So a DNF in the opening heat race. So uh, he fights back to third in heat race number two, but he's still deep in the field for the pre-final. Uh, as you said, ends up uh, working his way back into second from deeper in the field. So really put himself back in a place to, to be, even though he had the issues early. Uh, but as you said, man, there was kind of a battle. They, they were really scrapping up pretty aggressively. And, and turn two, David, you mentioned it with uh, with Masters already. It was a place where where guys would make moves to the inside of the little kink turn one, and then maybe maybe stack them up. And we had a lot of contact. Number we had a lot of contact on the entry to turn number two, and we had a lot of drivers trying to roll too much speed and drop wheels off of turn number two. I want to say that every, I mean, that Eggleston was off the outside of turn number two as well at least one time. So there were a lot of guys that were struggling with that very important corner leading down to scoreboard turn four. Yeah. A lot of drivers missing the exit point for yeah. that, for sure. Again, no rumble strips there. So if you drop a wheel, you're dropping it off in the dirt and it's, you know, it's we downhill. Saw, we, it's off camera. Exactly. And then it's all downhill there. Yeah. So, and then you lose your momentum and that's exactly what I think happened at the start with Eggleston getting a, a little bit shuffled off at the start there and uh, fell down the order. Uh, with just again, just dropping a wheel just enough to uh, to lose that momentum and that speed uh, coming out of turn two. As David mentioned, nine point eight one nine seconds the win for Cooper Eau Claire. Uh, great runs we said for Giovanni Santora into second, Ben Hernandez in third, Alexander Jacoby in fourth, and Aiden Lorenko rounding up the top five. And for Hernandez, the way things shook out, he coming home in the third spot was enough to give him the points ticket so cooper eau claire actually winning the overall points but because he wins the race he wins the open ticket hernandez the next top gun in terms of the combined east west points of the trophy series so ben hernandez wins the ticket to go to portugal there uh for his efforts giovanni santoro though david he, he's not going to go to portugal but a brand new rotax engine uh going home with him so all in all a pretty good day for giovanni santoro coming home p2 yeah, that contact there between Eggleston and Eversman uh, certainly decided the the ticket because Eversman was in position with a runner-up finish to be able to be second in points behind Eau Claire and would have gotten that that ticket, but uh, the contact dropped him down the order, ended up finishing seventh. Uh, Hernandez finishing third allowed him to finish second by uh, roughly 48 points. So uh, that was the – or 46 points or – 48 points. Sorry. So that was the uh, deciding factor uh, in who got the points ticket for Junior Max. You will hear a little bit of a trend in Junior Mini and Micro is the same driver finishing at the front in every on-track session. Although in the Mini Max category, it wasn't quite as easy uh, for Gage Corn in the main event. 14 racers total in Mini Max. Gage Corn qualifies on pole ahead of Kyle Drysdale and Matteo Kinto. Kinto had great speed throughout the entire weekend. Opening heat race, Corn ends up winning by 1.7 seconds over De Lucas Delanchamp, the Canadian driver. Drysdale right in there in third. Corn, another win by almost four tenths over Delanchamp in the heat race to put them P1 and P2. That was the front row, David, for the pre final. Uh, they end up finishing first and second again with, with Drysdale right there. 
But the main event was a little bit different. Top three pulled away, but Corn wasn't the dominant factor throughout the majority of that race. No, they were able to keep pace with him through mm. through much of the main event. It was actually the long champs uh, leading the majority of the race there with Quinto. Quinto, as you said, he had the pace all weekend long. Yeah. He just didn't have that consistency. He just a little bit of a mistake there or or just a slip up there just kind of cost him valuable real estate and, and position as well on the racetrack. He actually got to lead one lap in the race, but for the majority of the race, it was Lucas that was up front. Uh, and then Corn was kind of just slotted into third, kind of buying his time. I think maybe possibly saving tires because as soon as we got that two laps to go signal, that's when he decided to make his move, got by Quinto. And then the final lap was able to make the move on, uh, on the long champs. Uh, I believe it was in the cell tower corner, possibly, if I recall correctly. I think so. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and just made that move. And from there, was able to power away by and take the victory by nearly half a second. So a solid final two laps to earn that Rotax Grand Finals ticket. His second straight trip to the, uh, to the Rotax, the Olympics of karting, the Rotax Grand Finals. Three tickets up for grabs in Minimax, two open, one in the points. Uh, and again, Corn winning by .499, just under a half a second over Delongchamp. Uh, Quinto ends up in third. Antoine Lemieux, another Canadian coming home in the fourth spot. And Fion Shi wrapping up the top five. And for Shi, with Corn winning the open ticket, Delongchamp winning an open ticket as well, Fion Shi ends up with the ticket from the combined points of the East and West Trophy Series. So Fion Shi will head to the Rotax Grand Finals as well. And another engine was up for grabs, although he had an up-and-down weekend, was off uh, four wheels, I think, at one point on the outside of turn two. It was, it was just a, an inconsistent weekend, but very good pace for Matteo Quinto, David. He'll go home with a brand-new Rotax engine as well. Yeah, again, had, had great pace all weekend long, just wasn't able to put together the complete package to be able to uh, to either take the victory or finish second. But a good uh, consolation prize with a new engine from Rotax. And then, uh, again, Drysdale was another driver to watch on the weekend, had top three finishes in all two in both heat races in the pre-final, but fell off in the main event, ended up finishing seventh. He could have possibly challenged for that points uh, ticket uh, with Fion Shi, but uh, ended up finishing seventh, not quite the pace and, and didn't have enough points to be able to uh, to take that top spot. All right, let's move to Micromax. We'll cap off this edition of the Race Report brought to you by Comet Kart Sales. Eight entries in total. And for majority of this weekend, it was Marco Samut and Ryan Queen locked together uh, through the heat races, whatever it may be. Uh, Samut was the fastest driver in qualifying. Queen second. Sterling Malata was kind of there. He was like the next guy in the group when we saw Samut and Queen pull away. That's how they ran in the heat races. Same thing with the pre-final. Main event, though, David, it was an interesting finish because Marco Samut made things a little tougher on than he probably needed to be. Yeah, he did. You know, it, Queen challenge made made one challenge. I think it was in the pre-final as we uh, as I think we he let lap. Yeah, I think you're right. And and tried it, didn't work out. So he learned. He learned from that. And then some reason it was lab eight when they went into turn two. I don't know if if Samut tried a. Uh, a defensive line, but queen was right there. And somehow Marco just got a little bit sideways, kind of like a half spin, not completely around. Didn't, but didn't, didn't queen make the move to the inside of turn number one, the kink and take the lead and then kind of park it. I think a little bit, I think some, Samut was trying to do the over under coming through that yeah, corner the, and just touched him. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm again, I it's didn't a, it's quite a long have way the away. visual there. Yeah. It is a long way away. So again, yeah. that makes it think, makes it harder to see that, that turn, that turn, but yeah, just, just a little half spin by by Marco allowed you know Queen to be able to to drive away and and got out to nearly a two second advantage, but uh, Marco I thought it was laid, over. I thought I, I did too. I thought it was over. I thought, I thought it was over, but yeah. Marco laid down some massive laps. You know, got the quickest lap of the race as he was able to catch back up to to Queen and then made the pass. I want to say it was in Cell Tower uh, as well with uh, two laps to go, but at on the same lap. Then Queen spun off it at the Tech Barn built turn and uh, actually spun off into the grass. So that essentially decided the race win as uh, Samut was able to uh, to drive away to the victory. Yeah, so essentially what happened was Queen obviously had followed Samut the whole time. I and mean, we talk about a lot of young drivers. I'm pretty much the same way. If you have somebody in front of you who's faster and you can and, and you can use them as the rabbit, right? You're able to close up on them. You kind of base your speed off of them and it helps 
a ton to be able to run with a faster driver. The minute Ryan went out into the lead, he fell off probably six, seven tenths of a second. As a leader, he wasn't able to put the same lap times down as when he was right behind Samut. So Samut reeled him in really quickly. And on that last lap, as you said, he had taken the lead. They came out of 14 or 13 down to 14, which is again the, the tech building. Um, and Samut ran the inside line. Queen was just trying to think, try to do the over under, potentially run around the outside of him, just lost the rear of it, and end up going off the racetrack, as you said, uh, to fall down into the third spot. That allows Sterling Mulata to move up into second. Cam Becker ended up fourth. Isaac Payne rounding out the top five. Uh, that for, for this particular tra- race, Micro, only one ticket, and that went to the points champion on the combined trophy series. And Marco Samut, uh, Samut rather, ends up winning the points championship. He gets a ticket to go to Portugal. Um, Mulata coming home in second spot, a Rotax engine for him, and a 2023 trophy entry for the final next year. So we'll see Sterling Mulata back for 2023. And uh, a fantastic week at all total for Ryan Queen. And like the other drivers, ends up with a Rotax engine for his efforts all in all a solid weekend for Ryan. I expect him to be back to try to go for that championship next year. Yeah, this is again, another category. We'll see uh, possibly some newer drivers as well, because I would, I would expect to see Marco possibly move up depending yeah. on his age into the mini max category. So it'll be, again, it was a fun one to watch kind of, again, a great learning, learning event for, for queen and also Marco as well. But, and then for all the rest of the drivers. All right, folks, we'll wrap this thing up after this final break in this edition of the EK and debrief. Don't go anywhere. We'll we'll wrap it up. We'll look at the constructor championship and we'll cap things off as we always do with the EK and trackside live race calendar. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite carding offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record-setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. Need race fuel or oil? Hyperfuels is an authorized distributor for several of the brands that are spec fluids in American karting, including Elf and Aspen Sport. They also stock and ship methanol. Hyperfuels has a web store that can take your orders 24-7, and they ship UPS. That's right, Hyperfuels can ship fuel and oil right to your door. Whether you need Elf Racing Fuels or Elf ATX 909 oil, or Aspen Sport 98 octane fuel for Scusa competition, they have it in stock. When you need it now, go to hyperfuels.com. Welcome back to episode number 103 of our EKN debrief. Let's wrap things up from the race Rotax U.S. Trophy final from Newcastle Motorsports Park. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Let's wrap things up, David. All in all, as we had said from the very beginning, although it was kind of the, the, the trophy final from the East and West Coast U.S. programs, it really was an international field as well. And indeed, the open tickets, which are designed to, to make this an international race, to draw races from all over the world, to try to qualify for the Rotex Grand Finals, three different countries earning tickets on the weekend. Yeah, we have eight drivers from USA that will be a part of Team USA at the Rotex Grand Finals. Three drivers came down from Canada to steal the three tickets, uh, two in the senior max alone. 
and then the other in the was it the mini correct yeah lucas delon yes yes yep. and then uh brazil dry uh, danilo danilo ramalo earning the uh, the masters max ticket so he'll be represent brazil in the dd2 masters category in porto Mayo, portugal yeah of course uh, november 19th to the 26th the rotax max grand finals at cartodromo international algarve in porto Mayo, portugal that's what everybody's looking for the event uh, getting started essentially on the saturday and sunday and then rolling through the main events on the 26th which is a saturday in portugal uh for, for me to wrap things up david one of the things i love going to an event is is when you have uh, just an overall feeling of positivity, right? And there are events you go to where some guys are pissed off or you, things happen at, you know, there's it, there's crazy on-track racing or stuff off-track as has happened throughout this year as well, as we know. Uh, th- th- for me, I just I just felt that there was just a fan- fantastic feeling of positivity the, the entire weekend. Without a doubt, you know, that was that was the key element, I think, in, in an inaugural event like this is trying to, to uh provide again a positive atmosphere you know you yeah. want to make sure that you know race road taxes trying to make sure the racers there are happy enjoying themselves uh you know understanding you know the task at hand and and that's exactly what they did you know they made everybody feel welcome uh everybody uh you know it was you know the con- the pits were, were condensed you know it was unique to have only the two rows being utilized yeah very true um, so it made for uh, you know a more kind of informal but a little bit of togetherness because everybody was right there um yeah overall it just uh again a positive feel through not only through the the promoters but the racers themselves you know everybody was uh in positive moods having a good time you know certain things might not have shooken out the way they like but uh you know we saw great racing and and that's that's all you can ask for when you when you get to the car track agreed let's have a look at the constructors championships four different brands uh, grabbing the five wins. Uh, Comp Cart grabbing two victories, so they were able to stand out and earn the uh, the top of the the constructors championship as the only uh, constructor to win multiple races. That was with uh, Cody or uh, Cody Hodgson, Oliver Hodgson, <laughs> and Cooper O'Claire. I, I literally wrote Cody Hodgson like multiple times this weekend for That's some funny. reason. I now I just did it in the podcast. Perfect. That's fantastic. Uh, Cosmic with uh with the one victory oh my gosh why danilo romalo danilo romalo um it was actually a race factory with uh uh gauge corn and then the ellen racing cart with marco samut indeed uh let's have a look now at our ek and trackside live race calendar wrap things up here dig did chains uh presenting this particular edition of the race calendar Powered by technology, did racing chain has a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability a rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to a longer chain life as well as an excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Well, David, looking here at our, our, our trackside live race calendar, there's only one race left. Now, we can probably hint that potentially there could be another one, but uh, as we know now, we will wrap things up November 16th to the 20th, the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, the 25th edition of the greatest race in American karting back at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Should be a tremendous weekend. Our man Nate Dean's going to be out there joining us as well. So the content is going to be fantastic this year. Uh, a little different approach because I'm actually doing some racing as well. I'll be on the obviously leading the broadcast uh, alongside Xander Clemens on Car Chaser, but uh, it's just, it's going to be another great weekend. We love getting to Las Vegas for the Super Nats, and this one being the 25th extra special. Extra special indeed. Again, the 25th running of the Super Nationals. It'll be, you know, that that Sunday, Super Sunday is going to be exciting because we're going to wake up to actually the photo, the, the most amazing photo in all of karting, because that'll be the chassis day at the Rotax Grand Finals that That's Sunday. True. That's when they, true. So we'll we'll wake up in Las Vegas to seeing, you know, all the carts laid out there at the Port of Mile circuit. 
you know, a very popular photo every year at the Rotax Grand Finals. And that'll kick off our Super Sunday. You'll probably be a little more amped up because you're going to be competing in your first ever Super Sunday, along with announcing the 25th edition of the Super Nationals. So it's going to be, again, an extremely memorable, extremely exciting you know, we're seeing the numbers. We're talking nearly 550 entries in 10 categories. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the the entry list or entry numbers right now, we don't have an entry list yet. That'll come uh, towards the end of this month. But uh, super excited! Again, a lot a lot of planning is going to happen over the next couple of weeks for us in terms of our preview series, our podcast, oh, yeah. our outlap live outlap shows. A lot of stuff coming up. You know, actually, right now we're playing on the Ecan Radio Network the main events for super pro from the 2006, 2007 and 2000 or two. Yes. What what years did I say? 2005, 2006 and 2007 editions of the super nationals outside Sam Boyd stadium. So make sure you listen to that as well. We'll play that again through for, you know, over the next couple of weeks, along with other past super nationals on the EKN radio network. But again, looking forward to getting trackside once again at the Rio, the unofficial home of the Super Nationals. So we'll do a quick tease here because we're not, it's it, nothing's locked and loaded yet. I haven't bought tickets yet, but there is a very distinct possibility that I will also be trackside at the grand finals in Puerto Mayo, likely coming home for a couple days after Super Nats pressing the reset button, trying to sleep for a bit, and then flying to Portugal. So that's something we're working on with the guys from Rotex. So there could be a good possibility of us for us having some some trackside coverage from from the grand finals as well. Yeah, you just celebrated uh, the Canadian Thanksgiving, so it's not like you got to be home for the U.S. Thanksgiving, right? Like I do. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, it, yeah, it'll little be it'll be exciting because you we haven't been to the Grand Finals since 2013, if I yeah. recall correctly. So it's Indeed. been a while. Um, again, we've been to Port of Mile. We were there in 2012, so it's it's been 10 years since that uh, historic and and exciting weekend that has lots of memories that we continue to talk about over and over and over again. So let's say uh, I'm obviously we're going to be going to Portugal. We'll get this all put together. But in the end, this will be the fourth one I've gone to. And literally three of them have been in Portugal and one's one's been in New Orleans. Correct. It's funny. Yes. All right. Well, listen, that, that, that's coming down the pipe. I thought that would be good to add at the end of something that we're yeah. obviously putting together here over the next uh, week to make sure that's that's something we want to make happen. And, and talking to the guys at BRP Rotex, they would love to have us there. And uh, So I'm looking forward to that. And potentially as well, getting a chance to drive the electric cart, which I think is very cool, the Rotex electric machine. So that's part of the trip to Portugal. Looking forward to that for sure. Well, that wraps things up, folks. Big thank you to Justin Stefani, Jim and John Giacomelli for having us as part of the program. Uh, and again, we love it. We're, we're really looking forward to developing um, a strong relationship with everybody from Race Rotax because obviously a big part of our program here in the U.S. and it has been and will be again. And we want to make sure that we're obviously working closely with them as they continue to try to develop racing and the Rotax program here in the United States. Folks, that wraps things up for this edition of our debrief. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it on behalf of David Cole. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. Bye.